Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Max Mosier. Today, we break down the Avengers box office scores. It's only been a week and change, and amazing things have been happening. We're going to break that down. At the end of the show, we're going to give you our top five Avengers endgame moments. Don't miss out on that, okay? Mark is going to talk about Game of Thrones and get us caught up with what's been going on. And then we'll break down the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Infinity Bros podcast. Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. I'm your host, Max, and today we are with two other Infinity Bros. We're in, we are with Infinity Bro Mark. What's up, guys and ladies? Lots of ladies, Mark. Lots of ladies. And then hey, uh, my fiance listens to it this, so I know that's at least that's why one I said lady. lots of ladies. That's why I said that, Mark. You don't have to yell, okay? We've already got enough feedback about us yelling at each other last week, okay? Um, and then we've got uh, all the way out from Montana, Infinity Bro, Jarrett. Oh, uh, hey guys, how's it going? Now, Jarrett, <clears throat> we need to talk about something real quick before we dive into the show. I think I think we do <laughs> because we have a, we have a listener feedback segment we're going to go through, um, but I don't know if everybody has a full understanding of what happened last week. Um, we did actually we actually recorded with you on the show last week, but it didn't work. <laughs> Thanos, um, Thanos took my uh, computer and just snapped it. Um, so that's actually my fault, guys. Anyone listening, I apologize. My computer took a giant, uh, just died on me halfway through recording, and we weren't able to salvage any of the audio. Max did an amazing job edi- editing it. So you um, can't really tell that I wasn't in the show, but I definitely was there talking to them via the Skype call. I just don't have the recording of it. So that's kind let's of not, what happened. Well, just yeah, let's believe totally... that. Go ahead, Mark. We'll just have to believe that. We'll take your word for it, Jared. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know if we should be throwing the word amazing out like that all willy-nilly. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. But, hey, if you're tuning into our show for the first time, we're super glad you're here. Uh, we are the Infinity Bros. We are six bros that just talk about uh, whatever's on our mind, pop culture, movies, TV, and all that other stuff. And if this is your first time uh, with us, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. So listen to this rating bumper we're going to put right here. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an Infinity Snap. Alright, fantastic. We have some listener feedback we need to go through first though, guys. We have our first round of listener feedback. Are you guys excited about that? I mean, that we're Maybe. making it. We're getting there. It's, we're on episode four, and we already have listener feedback. It's this is a big this is a big moment for us. I think that's a good feeling. Yeah, it feels good. Um, I'm gonna read the first one. Do, do one of you want to pull the tweet up? Because I would like to t- like touch base on that tweet. Can one of you pull that up? I believe it's gone now. Oh, he. I think I screenshotted it. It, it might be in the chat. group chat. Yeah. Yeah, look at our group chat because I because I screenshot. I'd like to clarify some comments that this guy came after me for. Um, the first one comes from Robert. Don't know where Robert hails from, but he says, Hey guys, my name is Robert. My friend Joe and I started listening to your podcast. We really liked Robbie and agreed with his take about crying. Uh, crying during the movie wasn't really our thing, but we really agreed with his take. Max also, his Thor take was spot on in our opinion. And uh, we'd like to add that Heath Ledger's Joker is a top 10 villain all time. All in all, a solid podcast. Thanks for the show. Keep up the great work. Guys, it's just nice to get affirmation once in a while. Don't you think so? 
Yeah, definitely. Yes, it's, we... it's it feels great. That kind of affirmation that just sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. It almost feels fake. Almost. A little forced, maybe. Sure. Maybe a little forced. I don't know. I don't know. Um, did one of you pull up the tweet or can I find Do I need to find it? Uh, I, I got it pulled up here. Yeah. So I want to clarify a comment that was said. That was our positive feedback. Now let's kind of get into some negative feedback. Jay, you want to read the comment you said? Yeah. So there, um, a man by the name of Straumpf, uh, I believe it's a guy. I could be wrong. I don't know if that's a masculine or feminine name. Straumpf Noir said, I enjoyed most of the discussion. The main host guy spent too much time uh, shutting down opinions he doesn't like. If you can fix that, I would listen to more of your show. And then he also said, um, and this is in response to last week when we were talking about the scene with the uh, Russo brother, and they were kind of in their little AA-type meeting talking about what it's like to live on after the snap. Um, And Max avoided talking about the political aspect of that scene. Um, And Strauf Noir said this in response, being gay isn't political unless he makes it political. And Cap always went back in time to marry the love of his life. MCU went out of its way. Uh, to make that possible, it is not an alternate an alternate timeline. It's our timeline. I'll let you guys speak more to the timeline because I think we're all in agreement on that. And Mark, you and I actually kind of like got into it at the end of our podcast last week about this, right? Like, I mean, this was kind of a debate we had. Yeah. You want to speak on the timeline? For, okay, I'll talk. I'll well, talk first. I'll talk. I'll talk about ahead, the, the opinion part. I mean, that guy's not wrong, but we can't change you, so we'll just have to <laughs> live on our lives. From now on, you're out here. Th- you're out here throwing me under the bus. No, no, no. Oh, Mark's, of course. Mark, I'm, I'm holding Mark you down. Under no, the yeah. bus. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm joking. My bad. <laughs> no, no, no. The comment I want to just clarify my comments just so people understand. Um, there were articles being thrown around from the LGBTQ community saying that um, that it was a forced thing to kind of gain um, favor amongst them. That it wasn't really a truthful um, response to the character. And I just didn't believe that. I felt like that character was really perfect for that spot. I was actually, I, I think Zane and I talked that night after we saw the tweet, and uh, him and I both were like, yeah, this was a, it was a great character for that spot. And I thought um, Joe Russo is the Russo brother that played that. I thought he nailed that role, and I had zero issue with the scene. And so I just wanted to clarify that comment and um, make sure that that was understood. And I, I could understand why somebody listening to the podcast maybe would have heard it one way or another so just wanted to clarify those comments and say thanks for the feedback and yeah i, I would say um looking back on it yeah you saying it was political is probably what sparked maybe some people being upset with it but more reflection on all of that and reading articles that you know talking about is the lgbtq community represented well and it's like don't we live in a world where like that like it doesn't matter what your gender or sexual orientation is anymore it just that's just society now so why does no one really has to be represented in a like has to be represented but not necessarily you should go out of your way to like attack a group or whatever i mean yeah that makes sense i don't think none of us are attacking that yeah and none of us thought the role was bad and i just wanted to clarify that and but i did appreciate the feedback i thought it was fun and it's fun to get a guy you don't know it might be a troll who cares whatever but i just thought it was important to say that now, in response to his time travel crap, he's full of it, and he didn't watch the movie, clearly, because um, Captain America went back in time, and in my interpretation and what was articulated in the movie, the rules that were articulated stated, you cannot go back in the past and change it. That was said two different times by the Hulk, who's basically the premier scientist in that movie, and the Ancient One. 
So from my understanding is Cap went back, lived his life out in that splintered reality, and then came back with the quantum suit to pass off the shield to uh, Falcon. And I probably would imagine that Cap will get a, maybe a cameo in the future in the next like five, ten years. Who knows? But we'll see. Maybe as uh, the Nomad. As old Nomad? Maybe. And my thought on – I agree with you. Like going on my you know Marvel conspiracy thought – why didn't he come back right at that time as old Cap in the suit? Why did he go to and sit right on that bench? Or like he's like, oh, I want to do this, so then I really impress Falcon and everyone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my own scene special. I don't know. Go ahead, Jip. Cinema, I think. Um, and in response to the very first tweet, again, we there was an issue with my um, audio, so it may sound like Max was cutting people off or just kind of bullying people with his opinion. That's not true at all. Um, in fact, I kept doing that, and so some of those quote-unquote bad takes were actually me, um, but they got <laughs> off because of the audio, so it's kind of funny to see that, because it's like, oh, this is what people would have thought of my audio stayed in. But Yeah, you, do- you, you dodged a bullet, Jared. I did. People were so mad at you for your opinions, and I'm like, oh, I they- kind of shared some of those. Oh, a lot of people hated the Thor opinion. I mean, I got, I think that was the most feedback we got was from the Thor opinion, and um. And, and people just didn't know you were in it. And you, you, you said it. The joke, ironically, the joke we made was that Jarrett was saying it way more eloquently than I was saying it. So I really probably wasn't a good representation of, this, of the opinion anyway. So yeah, getting attacked. Your, uh, your bully self. It's all right. <laughs> well, we appreciate the feedback. If you have any feedback, we'd love for you to send it to us. Head to iTunes. Give us a rating. Shoot us an email at infinitybrospodcast.gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, and we'd love to talk about them on the show because, you know what, that just makes the conversation better, and you guys are part of the conversation, the listeners as well. So, uh, guys, should we transition to some endgame talk? I mean, you can never have too much endgame talk, it feels like, right now. Let's do it. So do there it. are some major numbers coming out. Today we we're recording at 6.10 p.m. on May 3rd, so about uh, eight days after it was released in the United States. And... Mark, you predicted that this movie was going to break $3 billion. Am I right on that? You are correct, sir. Mark, I'm telling you what. At the time when you said that, I thought you were nuts. I did not think that it was even possible. But according to the numbers right now, it's not only a realistic possibility, it's actually a 50-50 possibility based on the calculations that all these box office websites do. Um, we'll include some um, uh, links in our show notes that you can check out if you want to go check these links out directly. But Deadline reported that as of today, Friday, May third, um, worldwide, Endgame has made Avengers Endgame has made one point seven six eight billion dollars. It is expected to cross the two billion dollar mark this weekend. Some even think it might cross it on Saturday, and it might actually be ahead of Titanic, which is a top three movie of all time. Guys, what do you think about that? Well, I think it's amazing that it's and like out of this world, wink, wink, that it's already made, you know, over half a billion in eight days. And it took what Titanic did, um, what, 188 days, I think, when I last checked, something like that. Something. Right, it was a couple months. And same with Avatar. Avatar had a re-release and, you know, added to their number. So who says that Endgame might not, you know, go for 100 and some days and then do a re-release because they're like, why not? So yeah, I, it, they're going to hit that three billion mark, and I think they're going to beat Avatar, and they could do it in a month, maybe. 
The other thing that I'll share, and Jerry, you can share after this, is it's only $284 million away from Infinity War. Guys, it's only been out 11 days, like worldwide. Jared, what do you think, man? I think the thing that blows my mind is um, this is very much a fan service type movie. It's a payoff of the MCU. You know, obviously it pays homage to everything in the past. Um, whereas something like Titanic or Avatar, anyone can go see it and they don't have to know the universe going into the theater. Um, and so I'm interested to see what people who haven't watched all the MCU movies think about this. Um, cause in my mind, they wouldn't draw that much of a crowd, but that's not the case. Obviously we're seeing these numbers and it's blowing everybody's mind. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed by this because this is something that builds off of a franchise. And if you haven't seen the whole franchise, I don't know what that movie experience would look like for you. Um, but it's doing all right. It's doing fine in spite of that. I think the other thing that's really interesting about this movie is this may be, and, and again, like we're obviously clearly biased. We love this movie. We all gave it a six out of six last week. And, uh, I just am really fascinated that this movie has such a rewatchable intrigue to it that I've never seen in a movie with infinity war. I wanted to rewatch it cause I'm a Marvel fan, but every time I went to it, I would be depressed. So for me, it kind of capped it at like three times where this movie, I'm, I've only seen it twice and I feel like I'm missing out compared to everybody else. What do you think, Mark? What do you mean by missing out? Like what's what, uh, <laughs> elaborate more on that what do you what are you missing I, out on? i think i don't know i feel like i'm missing out on like i mean i could go online and like look at screen caps and like these kind of pirated clips but i feel like i'm missing out on like even that big battle i don't even think i've seen half of what's going on in the background yet um well, get, and get i think pre- there's references pre-order already <laughs> oh dude i know right like i, I know can't with, wait the, to with a movie that's three hours long and i mean you could go off of you know if you're blinking every so often you're going to be missing stuff. So, I mean, for a movie this big and the length of it, I mean, yeah. if, you can, if you can muster multiple showings in the theaters or you can just wait until it comes out on you know, a streaming service or Blu-ray, I mean, it's really up to you. I, I feel the same way. Like, I want to keep going back to it. Just, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard sometimes to find a three-hour block or three-and-a-half-hour block because of previews and yeah. stuff. But Oh, yeah, it's the same for me. I mean, work's just been crushing me this week so it's like I, I can't even get back in the theater i'm trying i'm trying to strategically figure out on my calendar when next week is going to align i mean i have a wife and a kid so it's like even then i just it's, it's almost impossible but everybody i've talked to about this movie has seen it more than one time jared how many times have you seen this um at this point just the once and, and i do want to go back for uh second and third or maybe even a fourth time because i'm recalling Obviously, like there's so many Easter eggs and Marvel and Disney do a great job of hiding things in the background. You talked about Howard the Duck last week, but even which blew my day, mind. Yeah, it, it escaped my mind, but I remembered it today. There's a point where um, Rocket is working. Spoiler warning, by the way, we already talked about this in the beginning, but there's a point where Rocket's working, I believe, on one of the ships or fixing something, and they call him Ratchet on accident instead of Rocket. Um, which I thought was a cool nod to, you know, like the PlayStation franchise. And there's so many little intricate things that you'd miss your first, second, maybe even third time watching it. Um, and not just like these cool little fan service things like Howard the Duck, but main story things that you don't catch the first and second time around. Um, and they really, the Russo brothers and, and Marvel and Disney do such a great job designing it that way with that intentionality where you could watch it multiple times. Um, and, and not just for the Easter eggs again, but the story itself was just so saturated. Yeah. And even like when, I guess 
I've seen it twice, and people have been saying that there's a Build-A-Bear line that Tony says to Rocket at the beginning of the movie. I have yet to even hear that line. Are you serious? People were laugh- I'm serious. That was both hilarious. Times, both times I've gone to the theater, people were laughing at lines that were said before that line. It's it's wild to me. So there's like I, there are probably jokes that I haven't even heard after hearing it twice because both of my movie theater experiences were just so awesome, very lively, great crowds. I, I, just, uh, I, 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 I want to interject. I thought after Jarrett was talking about the Russo brothers, um, this is probably a little off topic. What do you think? If or I'm assuming they they must because they made Disney so much money and Marvel so much money. What do you think the next Russo brothers movie is in the MCU? They've they've said and they I mean there's a lot of um interviews going around right now. They've said they're done with Marvel. No ill feelings, but I mean we talked about it last episode. They've made three one billion dollar movies in a row. They're the first um directors to ever do that. I think they're just tired, man. But they've got movies down the pike too. I mean, they're making a uh, opioid movie um starring Tom Holland. I don't forget the name of that movie. Um but they've talked about that at length. Um, they're producing other stuff. I know they have a yeah, TV 21 show coming Bridges. out with, yeah, Twenty One Bridges is with coming out Chad with Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I mean, um, they got a lot of stuff coming, and I mean, they're they've been building their production company as well on the side. I think these movies have really been just their launch platform to really be as artistic as they want to be, and I think that's just such a draw for a lot of directors like Taika Waititi and uh, um, Ryan Coogler and um, and just these these directors that come in and do this. So. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do. I bet the Russos come back, though, down the line when they get to, like, Phase 4, 5, and 6. Don't you think, guys, when they just get that other Avengers movie going in five, six years? Why would you not? I mean, you know, it's it's nothing but success so far. And if you have that formula already planned out, you know, why wouldn't you capitalize on that? Yeah, yeah take, take a creative, creative break, break. Go, go do, do the, the little, little projects, projects you want to do and, and then come back, back and... and Absolutely, absolutely crush it. Itself. Jared, Jared, we missed you obviously, obviously last week. We, we wanted, wanted to get your thoughts on um, Avengers Endgame. Um, could you, you, you want to just spend a couple minutes telling us some of the things you thought about and uh, maybe the main points? Obviously, we'll talk about our top five Endgame moments at the end of the show, so maybe don't give us those. But uh, what were some things that just stuck out to you in your first viewing? Yeah, I, I got to say, and I'm kind of sad we lost this audio because I had a whole thing um, planned out, but uh, there's this idea called Chekhov's gun, which is essentially if you see a gun, in the first act of a drama, it should go off in order to satisfy and resolve that conflict. It should go off in the second or third act. Um, and sometimes when this rule's broken, it's really good, but most of the time you want that to be the case. And, and in this instance with Endgame, um, Chekhov's gun is every single Marvel movie up to this point. We see all these little references, all these things are built off of. And there was a lot of pressure to deliver with this final movie, so to culminate all those things. And I think not only did they do a good job, they far beyond and exceeded my expectations. Um, this could have been something where I think even if they softened it, even if they didn't do as great of writing, it still would have sold because of the success of Infinity War. Um, so there was almost no pressure to do it perfectly, and yet they did. Um, I think the payoffs for us as fans of the series were incredible. I don't think there was a single Marvel movie in the franchise that they didn't reference, but even somebody who's not as invested, you know, um, my wife loves the Marvel movies, but she hasn't seen them all, you know, and she hasn't read any of the comic books. She loved this movie. She loved the callback. She loved 
all these different things. And I think that's the richness of this experience is that um, it's as rewarding for somebody like us who's really invested as it is to the average person wandering into the theater, having known a thing or two about the Avengers. Um, well-written, well-directed. The actors were phenomenal. Um, even some of the things, you know, we talked about last week, some of the more nitpicky things, they're so minor that it's easily forgivable or forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anything at any point broke the movie for me to where I was like, well, I wouldn't have included that. Um, obviously, there were things that I disagreed with, but man, was this a rewarding experience. I think um, they took a few gambles, and I would say about 95% of them paid off. Um, we've talked about the big ones that we don't like, but man, Endgame was nothing short of incredible and, and an experience that I think I would recommend to anybody, whether you're a Marvel fan or not. Yeah, this, this I mean, we talked about it last week, this is our generation's version of Star Wars, I think, um, just on a deeper, grander scale, even if you can include TV shows, some people are going to include the Netflix shows. Um, how many of those byproducts, Jarrett, were you consuming up to this point? Were you watching all of the Netflix stuff? Yeah, so I, I mean, I've I've seen all the Netflix stuff, I believe. I haven't quite finished um, all the Punisher stuff, but I've seen all the Netflix stuff. I've seen a few of the Hulu exclusives. Um, I'm literally only missing Captain Marvel for my uh, movies, and that's just because I couldn't find a babysitter, and it was hard to get stuff sorted during that um you never saw Captain Marvel? Never saw Captain Marvel, which um, oh my goodness, which is Just funny because I kick him out. Loved her. I loved her in Endgame. I thought it was very cool. But like, obviously, I I kind of know the storyline of Captain Marvel, um, being very saturated in the comics. But yeah, I think I think I missed just maybe a few Hulu, you know, TV series. I I never really finished Agents of Shield, but I watched all all the movies otherwise. So. Um, it paid homage to every single one of those uh, movies. They even bring in um, Jarvis from the uh, 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 Captain. What is sorry? What is the? Yeah, from um, Agent Carter. Yeah. Um, so I like man, just fan service, and not in a cheesy, dumb, or cliche way. Like the, it didn't feel forced at any point to me. Um, it all felt like it belonged where they where they put it. Yeah, that's a great point. We didn't even bring up Jarvis last week. Thanks for sharing that, Jared. I mean. That was just like such a great nod to what, I mean, obviously Ike Perlmutter and um, Feige clearly were not agreeing on things, but I thought that was a great stroke of just, hey, we're going to honor that. Um, And obviously you get Peggy Carter at the end, who's probably outside of the Avengers, one of the most famous characters in the MCU. Jarrett, who stuck out to you in this movie? Um, I know I just want, I'm going to get brief synopsis from you, but what character really stuck out to you that you're just like walking away going, man, this, this was just awesome. Great work by them. Um, so probably not a surprise to people who know me very well, but I love the way that they developed Clint Barton. Um, obviously there's not a single character in this movie except for, um, Thor I did have issues with, but, um, for me it was really Clint Barton. And the reason is I love Hawkeye comics. They were some of my favorite growing up. I used to, you know, I was raised on West coast Avengers my favorite series of any comic book ever um, is Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. So I was kind of intrigued when they introduced him as this family man. Um, I believe it was in Age of Ultron that we first see that. And I was wondering kind of the direction that they were going to go with that. And the way they developed his character and the rich backstory that they gave him obviously is very different from what we see in the comic books. And yet, in some instances, it was a little more rewarding to see him in that manner. I, I almost think you can't compare the two. Um, so I loved I mean, they hit you so hard in the first five minutes of that movie 
um, to where like me as a parent, I, I thought, what would I do in his shoes? Would I go down that dark path that he did? Um, would you go on really, a murder rampage? <laughs> I don't, if somebody took my kids away, maybe, honestly, especially in that manner. Um, just yeah, incredible. He went full on Punisher. Um, I loved Iron Man and the rewarding journey we got to see with him. Um, Captain America got his huge payoff in the end that he'd been deserving. Um, I mean, there wasn't a single character whose story wasn't touched on a little bit. We even get to see a good moment with Wanda. Um, and it like, oh, just the writing behind this. I wish I could meet these gentlemen, um, McFeely and oh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Max, help me out. Um, Marcus. Marcus. Um, um, you go keep, keep going. I just wish I could meet these guys and shake their hands and be like, what? How did you know to put this in? Or how did you find time to slip these little uh, instances of character into the background of this? Because it's so well written um, that it doesn't feel like, doesn't feel neglected. Yeah, it really felt fleshed out, cared about. And um, there's a great YouTube video. I'll actually put it in the show notes. Um, I'm going to document that right now to do that. Um, They showed Avengers Endgame today to the Academy. Um, and I think Marvel is going to make a push for an Academy Award. And that's going to be our final question before we switch topics. But um, Marcus and McFeely kind of talk about how they spent years and years after Civil War really flushing these things out. Fascinating interview. Um, I think and it was really funny because they could finally it was the it was the writers, Joe Russo and Kevin Feige. And they could finally like talk about the spoilers, and they felt really weird about it. It's a great YouTube video. It's just 11 minutes long. Go check it out um, after you listen to our episode. Um, and I'll put it in there. But it's just so interesting how they've creatively just worked together, and they kind of hive mind these things. And uh, it really pays off because they care about the fans first, and they care about people like you, Jarrett. This, this is like, I think, for the future down the line, people are going to look at, back on this, and this is how you develop a franchise. Um, you'd be hard pressed to find anything this successful. And, and I think it really is a testament to how interconnected the whole dialogue was from the beginning to the end, where they really spent time and effort into making sure that this universe felt lived in, that there were rules, that things, you know, followed a pattern, that everything had, this is kind of a pun here, but everything had an end game. You know, they were building to something and all roads had to connect at some point and they were always conscious and aware of that. And I think that's such a testament to uh, Marvel Studios. Yeah, it was just a great job. Go go check out that link on our show notes down below. Guys, do you think, uh, Mark, I'll start with you, then we'll go to you, Jarrett. Um, Mark, do you think this could win any Academy Awards? Yes, I do. I think it could win for Best Visual Effects. I think that was something they did a really good, great job at. Uh, I don't know if they could get Best Picture, because it's not like an artsy film, which... I mean, there'd have to be a lot of push from a lot of people for them to win Best Picture. Maybe maybe Best Director. I mean, the Russo brothers, I mean, their track record, like you said prior, $3 billion movies in a row. I mean, if that's not Best Director, then what what is? If think, think about it like that. Uh, maybe Best Score. They had a pretty good, um, pretty good music and background stuff. Uh, music to a lot of stuff. Um, I know I'm probably thinking, I mean, maybe best costume, but a lot of that, a lot of their stuff's already CGI'd unless you want to give best costume to what they did to Chris Hemsworth. Um, yeah. I, what do you think? 
Jarrett, what do you think? I would say, um, first, let me touch on the costume and the CGI and whatnot. We, we talked about it last week a little bit, and I think even to take it a step further, old man uh, Chris Evans was insane. I could not tell if that was CGI or if they got an actor and just did a voiceover. I thought that was Clint Eastwood right away. My first, like Chris Evans. It was did, so did, bizarre. Yeah, dude, it, it was, I, I thought for sure it was another actor too. You're absolutely right. Um, and then we had Chris Hemsworth. Obviously, did, they did a great job with that. Robert Downey Jr. in the very beginning where he, you know, has been out in space and he's a little anorexic and sickly looking. Um, that was phenomenal. So I think it, it would be hard to ignore those things. And even beyond that, to the scope of uh, winning any Academy Awards or, or having, you know, the critics look at this and kind of turn up their nose because it's not a quote unquote artsy movie. I don't think you can look at a pop culture phenomenon like this with this much success and weight and backing behind it and and not respond in some way. There has to be something that comes out of this. Otherwise, what are these people there for? I mean, is it just an elitist group of people who determine for the rest of the world what's good and what's bad? Or they yes. actually respond to the weight? I mean, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> it is. But that's not what it should be. I, I, I think they can't help they they can't afford to ignore the success behind this. Um, and if they do, then people will finally understand <laughs> what we've been saying all along, that this is not what we need representing uh, how we view art and entertainment. Yeah, it's such a pendulum swing, obviously, with... I mean, for years, people have criticized the Academy and different things like that. But yeah, I, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. I think the only one it could win here, because honestly, Mark, I didn't think the visual effects were as good as, as Infinity as, War. As Dark World? <laughs> the dark world is horrible those effects those effects are absolutely horrible no I, I i honestly didn't think the effects were like amazing maybe that last shot is i mean that last like battle is but man director is a great one i like i like that a lot and i think they deserve it for the scope of what they do they've been doing and, and i don't know but i don't think the academy's gonna do it i don't think they have it in them so we'll see though um we will definitely see Let's transition to the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. I've been really looking forward Yay. to this one, guys. Um, we, uh, we we shared our rating system with you guys earlier. We rate things on a one to six point scale. Um, guys, the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer came out this week, and uh, it got some interesting feedback. Before we go into our breakdown, what do you guys think of? Um, what do you think about the director saying he's going to change the look? of Sonic after such a backlash from the internet. I think Mark, it's not a good idea. Like why? Tell me why, Mark. Because why at this point, if you put the the trailer out, you're going to decide to change it. When we first got the glimpse, the internet exploded. Why wouldn't you change it then? Like why all of a sudden you have, you have to get double verified that, hey, the audience doesn't like how Sonic looks. I, I don't know. Either if the director's like, yeah, maybe it is bad then we're not going to get a good movie is is my thought on that. Go ahead, Jarrett. So um, I saw a Reddit post earlier, and I want to say it was somebody in a video game industry. I wish I could track that down and find it again. But the interesting thing is when you see something like this, and Mark hits it right on the head, uh, usually at the very early stages, somebody in the art department, somebody in marketing, somebody somewhere said, this is horrible. We can't put this out. Right. But you know somebody higher up said, no, we got to run with it. This is the vision we're going for. Um, and it really is a shameless money grab to capitalize on nostalgia. But somebody at some point had to tell them this is not going to work. 
And yet they pushed it through, pushed it through, pushed it through. And those people worked hard to produce this thing in CGI to get this movie experience out there, enough for a trailer even. Um, and then the CEOs, the, the head, higher ups say, okay, the internet clearly doesn't like this. You people who worked hard, who told us from the beginning not to do this thing, have to now go back, work overtime and fix it because we made a promise. Um, and so they're really hurting the production team by not foreseeing this or listening to somebody who had foreseen this. They're really shooting themselves in the foot. And I think, yes, from a business perspective, it's smart to respond and say, hey, clearly people aren't going to watch this. But I think that's closing the barn door after the horses have already left. You're not, you're not going to win here. Yeah, I, I you nailed what I was going to say, Jared. And then what happens usual. if it looks worse? What if Sonic looks worse? What what are they going to do then? He's going to look like um in, in Infinity War when Hulk comes out, uh, when um Bruce Banner comes out of the helmet and says, "Oh, you guys are screwed now." Like is how his head floated. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. That was just horrible the first time I saw it. I was like, "Oh my gosh, they they ran out of time clearly." Um let's break this trailer down a little bit. They're kind of going for a comedy feel with Jim Carrey. How do you feel about Jim Carrey, guys? I love him. Give me more you Jim Carrey. You love him in this role, Mark? Dude, I think Jim Carrey is gonna is what's going to save this movie. Not not Cyclops, Mark, uh, whatever his name is. I can't remember. James Marsden? There you Mar- go, James Marsden. Mar- Marsden or Marsden? I think it's Marsden. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Uh, but yeah, that's why you, you get someone like Jim Carrey to be that role is at the end of the day, you're, I mean, if you want to have an overall good storyline and Jim Carrey can bring in that comedy. Cause I think, yeah, like you said, they're, they're pushing comedy on this. Cause it's not like you can go serious with a, with a CGI blue hedgehog. Well, I mean, end game's gone serious and they have a raccoon. Uh, well, there's a lot more history to Marvel than there is to Sonic. And we, had supporting characters to a lot of supporting characters in guardians of the galaxy compared to just one hedgehog that we get right now. Jared, uh, what, what do you think of Jim Carrey in this? Um, I just from the trailer, I don't think it's going to do well with his role. Um, I love Jim Carrey. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Um, but just from the few lines of dialogue that we had seen, I hated it. I hated his role in that movie. Um, I don't think, uh, is it James Marsden? Is that the? It is Marsden, yes. I I actually don't think he's a bad actor. I think he's a phenomenal actor. I wish he would get a role that's not this. I wish people would see him in the limelight in some other movie. But um, I, for just for his sake, I hope the movie does well. I don't think it will, but. And my other thought on this is, why did they have to make it grounded in or on Earth? Because that's like, isn't that what they kind of make it sound like that Sonic came from a different dimension or planet to Earth? Not only that, but like he's throwing the rings and making new portals. Am I correct? Like, did, was he ever able yeah, to do that? I don't. I, know, I don't even I, remember him I don't being remember. able to do that. I think they should have gone the route that Detective Pikachu did, where they established this as a world that has those characters as a rule. I think this weird like dimension hopping Sonic is kind of bizarre. I think if they have it grounded where, you know, Dr. Eggman makes robots and that's not weird because that's the rules of this world and Sonic exists because that's okay. But to try to make it like this hyper realistic and then horrible CGI hedgehog thrown in from an alternate dimension, it was just, it's a lot to take in. 
And it's like a mil- it, it really reminds me of like a goofy, perverted version of Transformers. Not that Transformers is like this Academy Award winning thing, unless you're Zane Ellis. But like, I just don't understand how like it's really serious, but then it's Sonic, but then it's really serious again, but then it's Doctor Ivo Robotnik, and then it's really serious again, and we're shooting Sonic now. And I just don't know. I, I just no, it's it's wild. How? Oh, I got I got a note. Isn't in their Doctor- right mind, thought that Sonic would look good here, guys. Not not me. I don't understand who thought Someone that did, was though. a good idea ever. Like, even the director probably at one point had to go, you know what, this looks good. We're, we're doing it. Let's roll with it. It looks more realistic. That's there. There's rules. So they talk about Uncanny Valley all the time, and there's rules for how human you can make a non-human character look. And he crossed way over that threshold. Um, they gave him, like, individual teeth, which looks so bizarre. <laughs> I don't understand it. But then, like, the cars and stuff that a Robotnik's doing, like, they're kind of, like, goofy. Like, they look serious and, like, the, the missiles look serious, but it still looks goofy. It's just bizarre. This movie has – the tone is all over the place. Okay, cool. Great I job, guess we'll guys. just wait for, for that – wait for the director's edits. Because it's not like, – like, you <laughs> you went back and forth. It's not like he's going in there individually to be like, oh, I got this guy. He's, like, using his brush in Photoshop to, like, just make it look a little bit better. But, like, how did – I mean, Jared just crushed that take, take of, like, how did they even get to the point of releasing it and going, you know what? We need to just backpedal. This character is too important. We and on to top of that, they, they probably had multiple focus groups and have had, like, showings to, you know, groups of audience – what would be audience – and. Like having them rate that, and who knows what those people may have said. Where, right. and maybe Jerry's right. Maybe there's someone up top that's like, "I need this Sonic movie. I promised my son this. I'm making it happen." Dude, you you that actually might be that might be the best take I've heard today. You might be onto something there. My son just plays. The one thing that I thought was really cool was when Sonic like stops and looks at the missiles. I'm gonna give it some credit here. And when he threw the, the little thing for the portal, I thought that was cool, but it didn't make any sense because I was like, that's not the Sonic I know growing up, but okay. Maybe it's a new game that I haven't played. This could have been really good. That's the thing. That That's what hurts about these these shameless money grab nostalgia movies is they could be good. This could be a movie that uh, some people keep joking about the Super Smash Brothers universe and they're going to make, you know, do an Avengers style team up. Um, this movie could have been really, really good. And I, again, Mark brings up, like, we saw the poster, you know, I don't remember how many months ago, and everybody unanimously hated it. I didn't see a single positive reaction to that. Nobody was like, oh, well, you know, it looks horrible, but at least we're getting a Sonic movie. Like, why didn't they do something back then? Yeah, why not Why not stretch his eyes then? Because that's the feedback, right? The feedback is the eyes. It's, it's the eyes. It's the weird proportions. Um, <sighs> it's the fact that his little... Things are like weird growths coming off the back of his head and not just... Yeah. I, there's so much to this. It, it crossed way over the line of Uncanny Valley. Well, you, you see, too, they're already teasing that they're going to they're gonna make his clone, too. You saw that, right? No. Because they they, they're, they're taking his little uh, piece of fur and they're messing with it. And so Robotnik's going to make that little... I don't even know what the, what the red guy's name is. I, I didn't play enough Sonic to be an elite Sonic mind here. I'm just saying, like... You already can tell what they're gonna. You already can tell that's going to probably be the third act. Yeah, it's it's a deep it's a deep universe. Um, and I played enough of them to enjoy it. I think, I think there was, there was enough to work off of here. 
again, I'll say it. They, they could have made a really good movie. I think with time, patience, and a little bit of respect to the intellectual property that they had, this could be a good movie. And there's an alternate universe where this is a good movie. But sure. what we saw so far isn't it. Um, I think they're really, really going to have to pull out some miracle here to get this to work. Yeah, there's an alternate universe where I think Fat Thor is cool, and there's an alternate universe where this works. So is what it is. Um, Let's talk about our ratings real quick, guys. Mark, what would you give a rating for this movie? Uh, initially, I wanted to give it— This trailer. I'm sorry, excuse me. This know, trailer, I, I not the movie. Initially, I wanted to give it a fan-fortastic because just, just based on the look of Sonic the Hedgehog, but unlike Jarrett's thoughts on it, I really think Jim Carrey is going to be funny. So I'm going to give it a two. Jarrett, what do you think, buddy? Um, I have to give this a one. It is a fan fortastic. I I like Sonic too much to allow this to be what I settle for. I, I hate everything about what they're going to make this movie into. Um, I will also be giving it a fan fortastic, a one out of six. Isaac is teetering on fan fortastic and actually taking it seriously with a 1.5. He did want to clarify if Sonic looks better, he is giving it a three because he wants to, air quotes, give it a chance. And then Robbie has given our lowest rating in the history of the Infinity Bros with a minus 1,000 stones. So somehow Sonic the Hedgehog is going to have to give Robbie 1,000 stones um, in the future. I don't know how that's going to work. That's a lot of time travel, boys, that I don't want to try to get into. That sounds really hard, but um, that's what it is. Um, any last thoughts before we move on, boys? No. All right, all right, all right. What'd you say, Jade? I, I just said that this hurts. This this could have been a good movie, and I'm sad to see it's not. Yeah, man, it is what it is. Let's move into our What's Hot, What's Snot segment. This is the segment where we talk about the things that we've been into personally. Um, they kind of range all over the place and uh, just kind of have a good, long, deep discussion. Um, Mark, I think we're going to start with you because I'm looking at our list right now, and I really like what you're starting off with What's Hot. So let's start with you, buddy. Yeah, initially I was going to put Endgame in Game of Thrones, but... I mean, Mark, we got it's you. just too easy. It's like, sh- yeah, I'm, oh, Mark, I'm here. Mark, 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 start over, big guy. Start over. All right. What I <laughs> what I was saying initially, I was going to put Endgame and Game of Thrones as my one and two for what's hot. But that's just like shooting fish in a barrel at this point. Um, but I would say my number one right now, just uh, knowing that it's happening uh, this Saturday, is Adam Sandler's coming back to host SNL. And it's his first time... Uh, hosting not necessarily being back um but yeah being a main a main player for for one day it'll be kind of fun to see what what kind of sketches they might throw back to talking about nostalgia and maybe something new will just be a fun fun time how long has it been since he's been involved in saturday night live well the last time he was a main cast member i think was 24 years ago but i know he's made or i believe he's made a few like cameo bits here and there but never a host which when looking back at that you're thinking like how has he never been a host but uh and then my number two if if we want to move on um is detective pikachu for another thing that's how that's coming out next week uh may 10th and uh i mean i've been waiting for a movie like this for what 25 years i mean give me more pokemon that's what i want yeah, you're going in and out on our end, but I'm assuming Sorry. that you're just really excited about Pokemon and that it's coming out next week. So I'm going to just yep. move on and see if we yeah, can get Detective Pikachu coming. Take, it's okay. We're going to take your audio and edit it later. Oh, okay. And then my uh, my one and two for what's not. 
uh, I would go with uh, <laughs> the retconning of Sonic the Hedgehog. Just, I mean, why? Why is a director, you, like, if you think of it like an artist, if you tell, if enough people tell an artist that their work sucks, do you think they're going to go back and just change their artwork? They're, I mean, it's it's a part of them. Like, why would you go do that just because someone tells you to? And then number two is Zane's computer. Um, if it wasn't <laughs> yeah, for Zane's Zane... computer, Zane would be here. <laughs> Zane should be should have been on the last two episodes. Like literally, last week we said, "Hey, we'll get Zane on next week." We have Zane ready to go. He's not. He's not here today because his computer apparently is air quotes ten years old. And then you know, just it's just like, All right, come on, Zane, we want you on the show, brother. Um, looking forward to hearing his thoughts. I, I mean, your Sonic thing, we've covered that, but Detective Pikachu. Let's pause and talk about this real quick. Can I want to talk about the and again I don't want Endgame to own this podcast today, um, but do we think Detective Pikachu can stop the monster that is Endgame? Because that really is the only movie I think on that list that can deter them. Jarrett, what do you think? I think it'll definitely slow it down some. Um, this is kind of pulling from the same crowd. I think if anything has a chance to divert people who are wandering into the theater and want to have a good time this next weekend. Um, I think that would give people enough pause. I don't think Endgame, I don't think Endgame is going to really suffer. I still think we might see it blow over the 3 billion point. Um, I don't think it will suffer a big hit, but I definitely think for at least that weekend, people are going to slow down their viewings of Endgame for sure. Mark, what do you think, man? What do I think? Um, I don't think it will won't affect Endgame that much. I mean, people are going to still want to go see Endgame. It just uh, that weekend in particular, I guess you might get more people going to Detective Pikachu because that's you know that's what's hot and new. But at the end of the day, it's not going to hurt. If anything, I think it might hurt uh, Detective Pikachu's overall run in the theaters with Endgame still being there. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I didn't think about that. If maybe, hmm. Maybe Detective Pikachu is going to suffer a little more because that movie is going to just absolutely crush it overseas, I think. I think that movie is just going to kill it. And I think that's I think that's part of the reason these Chinese um, markets are just like, we got to go now because we know Detective Pikachu is down the pike. So they're trying to just stay on pace with it. Um, Jared, do you watch Saturday Night Live? Um, I, I catch it on Facebook after the fact. I don't really watch it religiously like most people do. Yeah, I don't either. What's your guys' favorite bit from Saturday Night Live long term, though? Uh, initial watch, um, I would say that it's an, it's an older sketch with Adam Sandler. Uh, it's called uh, it's Schmidt's Gay with Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. And to give um, some context, there's a gif out there where Chris Farley raises his sunglasses to look at something, and the whole the whole aspect is um, I don't forget which one specifically is watching a house, and it's like a big mansion with a pool in the back, and I don't remember if it's yeah it's Adam Sandler's watching the place. And to Chris, he's like showing him the place, and Chris is like, "Oh, this is a dump." But then turns on the pool, and then everything cleans up, and the pool's like bright blue water, or you know, whatever. And it's a bunch of, uh, <laughs> well, it, the sketch is called Schmidt's Gay, so it's a beer commercial, and these guys are at like a, uh, uh, like a gay pool party, and they're just loving it. And I don't know why that makes me laugh so hard watching that, but there's some insight to my, my dark humor. Well, dude, look out. I mean, our after the guy that talked at the beginning of our – that gave us the feedback, you, we may not come back after hearing that one. He might not think that's funny. Um, Jerry, do you have a favorite SNL skit? 
I think obviously this probably tells you how much I don't watch SNL and the fact that I watch it pretty recently, but I liked when Chad, Chadwick Boseman was on there for uh, black jeopardy. I thought that was a riot. <laughs> oh man. The other, the other black jeopardy one that's really good is when Tom Hanks is on. Have you seen that one? That one's brilliant. That is awesome. <laughs> he talks about the Tyler Perry movie. If, if I can laugh, cry and pray in one movie, then it's worth my money. And I love that. That's such a great line. It feels like a bad character of my dad, which I think is <laughs> it's like everybody's dad in that. Yes. Everybody in the Bible Belt South, their dad is that guy. Yes, it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> Keenan Thompson does a great job in that too. <laughs> this is so good. Keenan Thompson's been on that show for forever. He was awesome in all that. Yeah, like two th- uh, 2003, I think, is uh, since what Keenan Thompson's been on. And have you heard that he is bringing back all that? Did you he hear is. that? He totally is. That would slide into the what's hot category for myself. I don't know about you guys. 100%. I cannot wait for, and you know what's going to happen. I'm already going to tell, I'm excited about it, but here's what's going to happen. All that is not going to be good because it's like tricks. When you have them as a kid, they're really good. But then when you're an adult, you're like, oh, it's just, it's just fruit flavored cereal. It's not that big of a deal. And diabetes. Yes, exactly. It's, it's not going to be as good as we think it is. And it is what it is. And now all our childhood heroes, except for Kenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell are pretty much all nuts. You know, Amanda Bynes, they're all crazy. (laughs) Just saying. Kel Thompson is like he he's like a pastor now. Did you know that? He still does comedic stuff, but he actually like preaches on the side. It's, it's weird. Awesome. It's so weird. It's like <laughs> so and then Keaton Thompson's like the most longest tenured SNL guy ever, which is like also strange. But good for him. Um I'll go next year. I'll let you go last. Um so Kingdom Hearts 3, um if if you listen to this podcast, you're going to hear me talk more and more about Kingdom Hearts. Um, just love this game passionately. Um, beat it about a week into having it when it released in December. Um, I mean, in January, excuse me. And uh, they just released their critical mode. Um, and I've already started playing it. And let me tell you, it is a doozy. And it is so hard. And it's what makes this game great. And like when you beat critical mode, you get extra perks and stuff like that. So wanted to give Kingdom Hearts a shout out for releasing that. It's It, it doesn't sound like something that would be that fun. But it just makes the game way more intricate and more fun. I also got to give a shout out to Cobra Kai season two, man. I have been, I watched season one last year and Cobra Kai was one of the five best TV shows I watched in 2018 and it's produced on YouTube. If you have not watched Cobra Kai, for the record, I am not a like huge um, karate kid guy. I like the movies, but I'm not like sworn to them. I'm not, I'm not bound to them. Man, Cobra Kai is just fantastic fantastic if you want a great show that's just got all the nostalgia great feels got awesome action um with some great humor this is the show for you check out cobra kai season two and apparently youtube has confirmed they are going to be releasing it for free soon i don't know if season one will be free but i know that season two will look if, if you haven't watched this show do me do yourself a favor just go get the YouTube, like, is it YouTube Red is what it's called? Whatever that subscription is. Go get that subscription. Get the free seven days. Knock out Cobra Kai in a week. And then get rid of it. Because Cobra Kai season one and two are absolute. I, I've only just started season two. But season one was a six out of six. Fantastic show. And I already can tell season two is probably heading down that way. And it's been, it's going to be brought back for a third season. 
This is a fantastic show. Have you guys seen this show? I have not, but it is on my list of shows I want to watch. What about you, Jarrett? I I generally kind of ignore things from YouTube, Brett. I haven't heard good things about them, but um, Cobra Kai did interest me. I just haven't seen it yet. It is it is very high production, just so you know. It is well-produced. It is funny. It is well-written. You guys will love it. Go check it out. It gets a 6 out of 6 so far for me. I haven't seen the rest of season 2 yet. I still have to talk about that. Um, want to get into what's not for me. Um, Agents of Seal- Agents of Shield season six trailer. Here's why I'm putting this in this category. Um, I think uh, I I wish that Agents of Shield would connect more to Endgame. I just wish it would. And with the mo- with the move that they've made, maybe this is just me kind of criticizing Disney and ABC, but um, the the whole care just the way that Agents of Shield has done it for the last five seasons is. How do we creatively get these characters to not remember each other or get away from each other or not hear each other or be frozen in time away from each other or be stuck in a different reality from each other? It's just like, come on. Can we connect it back to what's actually going on in Avengers? Season 5 had some really great deep cuts in space. I don't want to spoil too much for you if you haven't seen it. Um, But I just didn't like this trailer. It just looks kind of like a little rinse and repeat, which is kind of what's been the last two seasons anyway. And I'm sorry, with this new era of, of uh, MCU, I'm, I'm maybe my expectations were too high. Do either of you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I haven't watched past um, season three, and I want to go back and watch everything. Yeah, I mean, it's been on my Netflix queue for, I mean, since it's been on Netflix, I suppose. Season four is a six. Season three and season four are when this show really peaks, when they get... um ghost rider in this show i mean that's when this show just kicks it into high gear and the writing is great and storytelling is great but for whatever reason i did not i did not dig season five as much as i dig season four and three jared have you seen this show i've watched i think all of season one and some of season two my sister watches it religiously um it, it was just one of those things where i had so many other things that i was trying to juggle at the same time that i've never gone back and continued from where i left off um, and it's on my list for sure, but then something else new comes out and I'm like, Oh, I got to watch that first. So, um, or watch the office or parks and rec for the 50th time. <laughs> um, but it's definitely something that I want to finish. I haven't heard good reviews on the newer stuff, so I have kind of put it on the back burner, but it, it is something that I need to catch up on. What's your season one ranking? Cause mine is a two out of six. Um, I, I, just season one, because season one's the one that everybody gives a hard time about. Um, I I, I didn't hate it. It felt a little cheesy. Um, a but little. I did hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I would say maybe a four. I didn't think it was okay. Wow, you're you're generous. You're very sweet. Yeah. Mark, what would you rate season one? I I'd give it a two. Just like um. Just like any first season, it's you know you gotta get your your bootstraps on and just get the ball rolling to get everyone to introduce a bunch of characters and also have a story behind it. That's not true. Lost season one does a great job. There's so many great shows that do great on their first season. Sure. But look at at the whole pantheon. How many, how many seasons, how many episodes, or let me rephrase that. How many series get canceled after one season? A lot. So so not everyone's good at that. And what I think what carried agents of shield as far as, it did is because it's a Marvel product. So, you know, you're, you're going to, oh, yeah. cause you're getting people in there. You're like, Oh, but they might introduce someone next. And I think that's how they're able to go into season 
six and you know being season three i've only seen season up to season three that was you know i would say that's a really good season and if you say four is good so it's yeah that's why they're able to prolong as as far as they can but i also agree with you when you say why are they being bashful by not by not connecting yeah directly to these movies when it's supposed to be taking place in the same universe and and you could get away with it for a couple seasons like season three and four they're great at that because season four it's like okay it's this alternate reality where the avengers didn't win and hydra won and then season three you got ghost rider so like that's kind of like an avengers connection but like even season one like i don't know man i felt like season one was like Oh, we're going to connect it to the Avengers. Just kidding. We're only going to give you very, very, very secondary characters at best. And, oh, we'll give you a Nick Fury, like, tie-in at the end of it. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it in season one. But it's just like, I don't know, man. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's just frustrating. And I think I think they should have included Kevin Feige because Kevin Feige could have been like, all right, Chris Evans, come on. Let's get you in on one episode. Come on. Let's do it. He could have figured that out, I think. And it's just frustrating, so... I give Agents of Seal season six trailer a snot. I'm going to rate that a two out of six, just like I would season one. Um, and then the Hobbs and Shaw trailer. I'm getting fed up with the Fast and the Furious movies, guys. I don't know why. I It like shouldn't make any sense that I am, but I am. And the Hobbs and Shaw trailer lost me when The Rock threw the... Um, <laughs> what did he throw? He threw a... I can't even describe it. He just attaches his car to a helicopter and pulls it down with his arm and with his with his bare hands and at that point I'm just like this I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Have you guys seen this trailer? I have and to articulate on you being done with the Fast and the Furious, I was done after 5. So, welcome to the club. Yeah, seriously, man. I thought like after 6 and 7 I was like, "Oh, you know what? These movies know what they are, but maybe Paul Walker's death really was kind of like nah, I don't do it anymore." Jared, what do you think of these movies? I think they, I, I don't know, maybe I'm of a different perspective, but I think they were starting to fall apart even before then. Um, it's just, it really is a one track, one tune series. Like there, there's one thing that they do and it's uh, poor writing and over overly masculine scenes. Even when they try to do the girl power stuff, it's still like way, way, way too masculine. Um, the characters don't feel real. Oh, and, yeah. The thing is, so and and this was a bad take, and I'll admit from the beginning that this was a bad take. A couple of years, maybe three, four years ago, when The Rock started appearing in everything, I hated it. I was like, "Who is that? Like, why does he think he can act in all these movies? Um, why the heck are him and Kevin Hart in everything together?" That's a horrible like, take. You are absolutely. Right. That is a horrible. And take. And I've come around. Right. I think The Rock is amazing. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good actor. I think I was just maybe a little. You weren't know, smelling what the rock was cooking. Yeah, I wasn't smelling what the rock is cooking. But it's hard to see him in this and in the Fast and Furious series because I'm like, you're better. There's better things you could be doing. Um, I, I'm like not a big Rampage fan. and that Tower movie. And I didn't hate Rampage, even though I don't think it sold well and people didn't like it. I didn't think it was a horrible movie for what it was. All right. Yeah. At I the mean... end of the day, this movie is going to make a billion dollars. They they have a fan oh yeah china they have loves fanfare. these movies yeah and people in america love these movies so it's a car movie and it's full of action and people love that and it hobbs has the rock shaw, yeah hobbs and shaw is just the aquaman of the uh of the fast and the furious series that was unnecessary very unnecessary that's not it's completely necessary because that's what it is it's the same caricature 
Like that's who these characters are. These characters are just like super buff, goofy, like dorky guys who like, oh, look at me. I'm really strong. I can do this really strong thing. My bad. I thought you were attacking the Aquaman, Aquaman movie, which you would anyways. So I was being preemptive. Well, I mean, that's who Jason Momoa's character is. And I think I, I like Jason Momoa's character and I do like The Rock. The Rock is like the only part of this movie that I like. I just like these these trailers are just like, meh. I'm just like, get, I just can't take it anymore. Um, Jared, what's hot and what's not for you, man? So I, I love board games. I love card games. Um, I played Magic the Gathering as a kid on the playground when you know I was growing up. I kind of jumped in and out of it over the years. And there, there are stories and characters in, in the Magic the Gathering universe that have stuck with me throughout time. And they've kind of done a fan service here with the past few sets where they've almost done their version of the endgame. Um, they brought us back to Dominaria, which is one of the original planes. They showed us some of the characters from the 90s that we haven't seen in a while. Um, and then it all culminated into this big thing called War of the Spark. And um, the story behind that is incredible. I, I, I'm not one who plays magic for the competition. I like the story that they put behind it. I like theme decks. I like janky things that shouldn't work. Um, and to me, this was a cool set. It was cool to see um, just the year's worth of stories come together and culminate into something kind of cool. They do have their own version of what you would, you know, like their version of the Avengers is called the Gatewatch. And there's some cool intricate relationships that go on there. Um, it's really cool to see this kind of service. It's interesting because one of my what's nots, and we'll talk about this. Actually, we'll, we'll do this right now, and then I'll come back to my other what's hot. Um, what's not is Wizards of the Coast, which is the company that produces Magic the Gathering. Um, and it's because this year they keep screwing over their fans multiple times. There were some issues with the printings that they did not being worth the values. Um, they changed some of the cons that they do for Magic the Gathering. Um, they've made a lot of business decisions that were really greedy and didn't pay off. Uh, most recently, they oversold their product called the Mythic Edition of the boxes that they were selling. Um, and they sold something like, I think, 40,000, but they only printed 18,000. Um, and so all these people are freaking out because they're not getting the things that they purchased. And Wizards of the Coast is this huge dumpster fire as they're trying to put it out. Um, so ironically, I love what they're doing with the with the magic the gathering universe but i think the company is just horrible they're absolutely horrific right now so war of the spark is what's hot i'd give it a five out of six wizards of the coast i give it a two out of six i don't know what the heck they're doing with their business yeah because that's what you want to do you want to alienate your fan base completely right especially because they're setting it up like the, the whole storyline has been paying service to the people who enjoyed the game back in the 90s early 2000s right. and even people who just got started and then immediately they screw everybody over with this mythic edition and it's not the first time even this year that this has happened they keep doing it where they sell products for way more than they're worth they just announced that they're getting rid of msrp so places like amazon etc can charge whatever they want and local game stores suffer because of it uh, I don't know what the heck their business practices are geared towards because they're just screwing over their fans time and time again. Well, and and the fans, especially with games, like they'll show you like another game will come out. Like with Magic, it's like, you know, there are for every Magic, there are like five Pokemons, Yu-Gi-Oh's and stuff like that. People will just move on if it's too much money, right? Right. And the guy who developed Magic um, actually went to work with Fantasy Flight Games and he just developed a game called... Um, Oh, my friends are going to kill me. Oh, Keyforge is what it's called. And it's interesting. I, I enjoy it. But a lot of Magic the Gathering fans who are fed up with Wizards of the Coast business policies are now pivoting towards Fantasy Flight in this new game, Keyforge, because it's the same developer, but a better company, 
uh, a little better fan service. And so you can't afford to do this now when a new game like this is being released. You have to, you know, kind of bite the bullet and have good ethically and morally upright business policies at this point. Yeah, man. Totally agree. What else you got? Um, Savage Avengers is my other what's hot. Uh, I like these weird B-sides Avengers. I loved Dude, Uncanny yes. Avengers. This is a great Fantastic. one. This was a great it's pick. When I saw good. this, I, I geeked out. Um, so it's it's a lot of... It's Conan the Barbarian. It's Wolverine. It's Elektra. Um, I believe it's Punisher as well. Like Spider-Man. Really po- Isn't Spider-Man in it too? Uh, Venom. 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 That's right. Venom, Venom, Venom. Venom. So it's a lot of um, it's a lot of the old Thunderbolts that they brought back for this. Obviously, Red Hulk's not in it, but like such a cool team up. I loved, um, like I said, I love Uncanny Avengers. I love some of the B side, you know, team ups that they do. I love West Coast Avengers. So um, I read the first issue. It's pretty promising. It's pulling a lot of Conan characters into this, a lot of Conan villains and lore. Um, I'm interested to see where they go with this, and so. Yeah, that's my what's hot. So far, I give the first issue a um, four out of six. It's got possibility. Um, not didn't quite hit all the perfect marks for me, but you know, it's the first. It's the first issue of a series. You never really know where it's gonna go. What do you guys think about this? Uh, yeah, I was. It's funny that you brought that up today because I was looking on that uh, the other day online, and I'm like, oh, I, this is exactly what I need in my life. Um, and I think, isn't the storyline where it's, uh, who's the evil guy in Conan's world is like giving magic to someone else in the, in the MC, in the Marvel universe. And that's how their world, the worlds have collided. Yeah. So the worlds have collided and, um, in the first issue, spoiler alert, if you're going to read it, maybe skip forward about five minutes or whatever. Uh, Um, but he's basically the whole premise of the series is he's trying to collect all these higher beings, like great hunters, great musicians, great intellects, and they're feeding them to this thing called the Marrow God. And the whole thing is they're trying to resurrect this Marrow God, and the Savage Avengers are trying to prevent that. So the first hunter that they're trying to get to feed this Marrow God is actually the Punisher, because he's the apex predator on Earth. Um, So it's a really cool story just from the first issue. Gosh, that sounds really good. I'm going to have to go pick that up. I, yeah, I'm going to go tomorrow and pick that up. Yeah. You got me want to pick that up now, Jared. Absolutely. That sounds sweet. Yeah, that sounds sweet. Um, yeah, I want to talk about your last what's not because this this does suck. Um, so this specifically um, what's not is Peter Mayhew's passing. Um, it was hard to see him go, but I think you can even extend that to um, we've lost a lot of celebrities recently and we've lost a lot of Star Wars characters. Um, and so I think to see him go too was a big hit. Um, it's, uh, I hope they pay him service like they did with, um, Carrie Fisher in the new movie. I hope they, they give him a little something at the end or maybe a tribute. Um, but yeah, it's hard to see, uh, some of these characters that you loved from a child, um, grow up and pass on. And so that was my, what's not, it's a, it's a one out of six to see him go. Yeah. I mean, just a six out of six for him is like, Chewbacca though right I mean like he like Chewbacca is such a such a like big part of my pop culture upbringing and he's been around for like decades (laughs) and just I mean he's just as popular if not more popular than like these Marvel movies or um, these other many, many famous pop culture characters and 
it's just fun that that character gets to live on a little longer. Um, I think it's just really cool how um, that race of aliens in, in the Star Wars universe can just continue to live on. And um, I, I'm re- it's it was really tough to hear that. I mean, like you have that, you have um, Carrie Fisher dying. We've had Stan Lee die. I mean, we've just had a lot of tough deaths in regards to pop culture, and this just added on to it, Jared. You're 100% right. I think the thing is, too, like, um, if you've never seen Star Wars, if you know nothing about the franchise, which is hard to find nowadays, the most recognizable characters that people can point out is, like, R2-D2, Darth Vader, Yoda, and Chewbacca. Those are the ones that people see. I mean, maybe even more so than Luke and Han, even though those are more central characters. It was just a unique character enough to where people know who Chewbacca is. Obviously, there's the big thing with uh, that lady in the mask. She had the Chewbacca mask. People know about this character who don't even care or like Star Wars. Um, and so, yeah, it was a pretty big hit to see him go. And um, like you said, it's been it's been a rough couple of years for uh, losing people that we care about in pop culture. Mark, what's your take on uh, Chewbacca? Uh, Chewbacca as a whole, yeah, it's a he, iconic character created by um, George Lucas, and um, and then going back to Peter Mayhew, uh, just it's you know it's sad anytime someone passes, so and just his legacy will live on, and uh, as long as we're all caring about pop culture and Star Wars. Yeah, we didn't catch any of that, but we'll get the audio for it on our. For the podcast, it's okay. You're going in and out, but we'll when we edit it. The, the, I'm sure it was a really great take. Um, let's move on. I, I just believe that it's a good take. I give it a six out of six because I trust you. Um, hey, let's move on to Game of Thrones. Mark, Jared, and I are not big Game of Thrones guys. Um, we were supposed to have you and Zane talk about it this episode, um, but a big battle happened oh my over gosh. the weekend, and it happened. Here's here's what I want to ask before you kind of give us like your breakdown and review of this. Is it was it just was the weekend of the 26th like just the craziest pop culture weekend of your life? Because you had Endgame and then that back-to-back. Because this this battle, at least from my understanding, is what people have been building to this battle. They have been excited for this. It, I think Robbie, when we talked about uh, Season 8, Episode 1 a couple weeks ago, he said nothing really happened, but we know that something's coming down the pike. Was this kind of the payoff for what was being set up? Yeah, because I know we didn't do one on Episode 2, but Episode 2 was kind of... Uh, all those that fought against uh, um, the White Walkers and the Night King in Episode 2, we get all those people coming to... Um, oh, why am I blinking? To the North, and, you know, we get a little dialogue and kind of... Or not a little. We get a lot of dialogue, also not a lot happening, and just preparation for this battle. And then Episode 3 comes along, and, man, it's like Battle of the Bastards, you know, on on meth just non-stop fighting and just total anxiety the whole time just it was anxiety riddled weekend for me with Endgame and uh game of thrones uh we got quite a few deaths no i wouldn't say any you know class a main characters but um we got quite a few that a lot of people probably care about and didn't like didn't like the big king die Yes, the the night king. I'm sorry, spoiler. I'm so stupid here. But the, like, the night like, king, the night king was defeated. Okay, and and some people pass like their whole like a a lot of like Daenerys. Like I feel like all the Dothraki have to be killed because they were the in the, this battle scene. They're the first ones on the first line charging, and then 
you see them all perish or most of them perish. And so yeah. I, I think this is what it's leading up to. I think the next battle scene or battle episodes, episode five is to, so this episode three served a purpose by dwindling the numbers the North had to go, uh, to go down to King's Landing and fight the queen. Because if they had their whole army, it'd be easy win for them. But now that they have a lot of injured people and two injured dragons, now the playing field is even. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, this episode four is like. We'll probably get more, uh, probably not as much action, but a lot of leading up to episode five. Every time I hear about Game of Thrones... I've, I get even more confused with what I'm missing out on, but the passion that which you exude on these characters with names that I don't understand is absolutely amazing, and I just get excited for no reason at all. I don't even know what I'm excited for. Well, and I know I'd mentioned that, you know, most of the characters that were killed weren't, like, Class A characters, but one was one of my favorites, and it is Sir Jorah Mormont. He, he's been around since the beginning and so I, I would say he was probably the biggest death out there and uh the act i don't remember the actor's name at the top of my head but he will be the the batman in uh titan season two so that's probably why they had to kill him oh, off so he could go film yeah, that yeah, yeah i remember that article okay okay good to know mark what are you gonna rate this episode uh i if we had something above a six i would but it's a six we do not you cannot do that you're not allowed to do that here. I would, you can I'd go give this under a one, which is what Robbie did. But you no, I'm not. Go gonna, I'm not going to go under a one because I'd be disservice to this. But yeah, man, yeah, this this episode kept the blood boiling. I, for me personally, at least, the whole time, and I think it did a good service to for the fans, and hopefully, majority of us think that way. I really hope this show ends really well for you, Zane, Isaac, and Robbie, because. Uh, you guys have waited a long time for this season. So, uh, yeah, I really just, for your guys' sake, I hope you get the same kind of ending that I think Jarrett and I got with Endgame. Um, yeah, the movie's, that, that, that show looks fantastic. Check that out on HBO if you got time. If, if you're like Jarrett and I, um, don't be that. Okay, and by the way, I'd like to speak to something real quick. Don't be the guy or gal that says you don't watch Game of Thrones to take away joy from other people. Okay, that's like the same part. We just experienced that a week ago. Oh, I don't like Avengers Endgame. Okay, well, that's great. We don't care. Don't rip on those people. Game of Thrones is a fantastic show. Jarrett and I just don't happen to watch it. Give those people some time. Let them be passionate about it, okay? You feel me, Mark? You got me on that? No, I I feel you, dog. I got you, dog. I got you, bro. I don't like those kinds of people. We're going to get into our last segment of the day. We have what we're going to be doing now moving forward now that the Endgame craze is kind of ending. We have our top five moments. So let's place the top five bumper here. The... We're going in three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List. Starts now. All right. Hey, our top five moments today, because we talked about it last week and we want to wrap up our end game discussion, is our top five end game moments right here. Normally we'll do it. We will do a top five list every single week. Um, just kind of an homage to what we did on our on our previous show that we did uh, called Off Topic Gamers. We want to make sure we pay homage by doing a top five at the end of every episode. Um, and we'll try to mix up the topics. If you've got a topic that you'd like us to do a top five of, shoot us an email or shoot us a tweet, text, uh, email, elementop, and we'd love to love to get that on there. So 
top five endgame moments. Uh, before we kind of get into ours, I'm going to go ahead and give you what Robbie and Isaac did, and then we'll do some reaction times. Jarrett, you still with us? Just haven't heard you in a while, man. Just make sure you're alive doing your thing. Um, for Isaac, his top five was number five, on your left, the Avengers Assemble moment. Number four, Iron Man dies saying, I am Iron Man. Number three, Cap and Peggy's final dance. Number two, Cap and Cap's fight. And number one for Isaac was Cap with Thor's hammer. It's a pretty solid list. Any uh, Anything you guys would comment on on that list? Uh, uh, as we all know this, and the fans will uh, surely know or learn, uh, Isaac loves Captain America. I was surprised Captain America's ass wasn't on that. America's ass. <laughs> Jarrett, what about you, man? Um, it's funny because I think we'll get into it in a minute, but a lot of those are a lot of the same of mine. Um, I think Isaac and I tend to share a lot of the fam- favorite moments. Isaac and I are just big softies. Um, and so I think a lot of the good character moments where it's really tearjerkers, like we're both like, oh, man, I can't handle it. Not all of us can be like Robbie and not ever cry at anything, okay? We don't just all get to watch dark universes like Batman and Superman, okay? Come on. Sorry, Robbie. We're not all alphas, man. At Robbie. He's the top dog. Says what it is. He's top dog. Cool as him. Speaking of top dogs, Robbie's list was number five, everything with Ronan. Now, that kind of breaks a rule here for me. Um, Because if we could choose everything, I would just choose the whole movie as all five. So That'd be cheating, though. Yep, Wait, why would the... you just do like everything with Cap, everything with Iron Man, everything with Ronan? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That give that rating a his number five rate rating gets a one out of six from this guy, um, but he gets pretty specific after that. Number four is Thanos gets his head chopped off, which man, that that's like what a great twist, what a great twist of a movie. Um, I love you three thousand. Okay, just stabbing me right in the heart there. Good job, Robbie. Um, and then he kind of copies Isaac with Cap with Thor's hammer at number two. And number one is I am Iron Man. Iron Man dies. Um, Mark, why don't we start with you? What is your top five? All right. Well, my honorable mention, just right off the bat, is uh, obviously Captain America's ass. That whole, that whole, um, initially saying <laughs> with Scott saying that, and then Cap reflecting on it. That was hilarious. But my number five, I am the I am Iron Man. Uh, that's oh, that hit the feels right in the heart. Um, number four. Scott Lang finding Cassie survived the snap. I think that whole sequence really uh, going on the emotional level, like just the fear that I felt like if I was looking for someone, if I just came back from the quantum realm and just discovering that, Hey, this world is not the same as I left it. And then the moment when he finds her is just like, he didn't even react to, Oh, why is she taller or bigger? He just, just knew it was her. And just that whole embrace was heartwarming. Um, Number three is seeing Valkyrie on Aragorn. That I loved it. I give me more of that. I want more Valkyrie on Aragorn flying around, and you know, give me that movie. Uh, number two, uh, the first sight of Thor after five years. Um, I just loved, loved that whole Ooh. moment, and Ooh. then and then taking that with the whole Fortnite um, scene, talking when Thor has to help. Uh, <laughs> Um, help Korg uh, defend his... <laughs> yes. and then my number one is um, Cap shows the audience that he is worthy of, of Meow Meow and, and, and <laughs> Thor's reaction to that every time you say Meow Meow I laugh I, I mean every single time I think that's great 
Mark, you did a great. I, I really love your number four here. Um, and we didn't really break this scene down. I think we were in such a hurry last week, and um, I thought Scott just kind of. I mean, and when I first saw that second trailer, I remember, and they had Scott looking at the missing sign. I was just so I was just so drawn to that. I thought that was so emotional, and what great acting by Paul Rudd, who's just like kind of this goofy. Uh, knee slap character and he just absolutely crushes those like five minutes when he's looking at the stones and with the names of people that have passed and he sees his own name and i just i thought that was so well acted that's a great choice at number four mark he he exuded such a personal um portrayal of what that how you would react in that moment just yeah i it was it was awesome and I think just the other thing is, before we get to Jared, is it's so awesome that in a movie, in a universe that's filled with just horrible dads, Scott Lang continues to be one of the good ones. Even as a single dad, he just continues to exude excellent, I want to be with my daughter, dadness, whereas like all these other dads, you know, like Tony's dad struggled to be around him and the way Thanos treats his kids and just... Um, even uh, Hank Pym and how he treats uh, his daughter. It's just, I, it's so refreshing to see a dad really care about his daughter the way that Scott does. I, I love that pick, Mark. Great job. Jarrett, what about you, man? Um, Yeah. So before I get into my top five, I, I would just echo all of that. Like it really, that whole scene right there enhances um, everything we see in Ant-Man and Wasp, like their whole relationship. hundred percent. That's, That's a great, great point. point. So good. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. So my, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it makes Ant-Man and the Wasp better. Like, that movie moved up my list after watching Endgame. Correct, yeah. And I, I think, as a general rule, like, Endgame just does that. It just makes all of those movies and all those callbacks so much better. Um, we talked about it last week, so we won't go into that too much. Yeah. Um, so, for my honorable mention, I know this is really cheesy. And, and the Russo brothers um, and uh, Marcus and McFeely actually talk about this. I got to see an interview that they did, but... Um, they knew what they were doing when they did this. So my honorable mention is the girl power scene where they all kind of assemble there. Um, their response to that was like, Hey, you know, we've done this before with all the Iron Man suits. We've done this before with all these different characters who share things in common. And I just thought that was cool to see. I know, um, my niece, if you guys are listening to this, um, hi everybody. My niece loves, uh, Captain Marvel. She loves all these characters that they've built into the universe. And so, to give all these positive female role models for these girls to look up to who have their own intricate and amazing stories. I thought that was kind of a cool fan service. Um, number five, I kind of have two. I know I shouldn't do this, probably breaking rules, but I didn't know which one to put here. It was Scott and Cassie and when Laura calls, kind of because I think they have the same feel to them. Um, both of them are just gut-wrenching scenes and so good to watch. Um, and when Hawkeye gets that payoff from the phone call after uh hulk does the snap i thought that was such a good and intimate moment and the look on his face just sells it um number four is on your left i thought it was amazing to see everybody show up in their time of need you know that uh midnight hour call to action um number three was cap picking up mjolnir we've talked about it just an amazing and palpable scene showing that he's worthy uh number two was cap's dance um i think he earned this and it was nice to see that payoff that after all this time after suffering, thinking that Bucky's dead, after being pulled out from everything that he knew to be reality after, you know, because that's so jarring. And, and to see that he had a life that he lost, that he left behind by going under the ice and getting that payoff. Um, I've seen so many people on the Internet who hate this scene. They don't think that this should be what happens. 
Um, I see a lot of people calling for the old man uh, Captain or the old man Steve Rogers storyline where we get him to come back to be young eventually. I say let him have this. He's earned this dance. He's earned this life that he's lived. Um, he gets his happiness. I, I say let him have this dance. Um, and number one is I am Iron Man. It's the callback to the first film that started it all. And I love that it's in response to Thanos saying I'm an inevitable or I'm I'm an inevitability. Um, and Tony Stark just says, I don't care. I'm Iron Man. I'm greater than you, this force of nature. Um, and it was such a great scene. I think that has to be number one. Yeah, great list. Great list, Jarrett. Um, yeah, you guys are saying all the things. Sorry, my cat's freaking out in the background right now. If you can hear, sorry, guys, for the audience that are listening. Cheetos, get out of here. Um, <laughs> number five, um, I have the funeral scene in I Love You 3000. Robbie kind of alludes to this, and I think him and I are kind of in the same boat on this. Just that extended scene with Tony kind of reflecting um, with his uh, hologram, I just thought was so beautiful and gives him the last word. And um, But that funeral scene just is like, as I said last week, this is Kevin Feige's resume. And it's just amazing. And just, I tip my hat to him in Marvel Studios and what they've accomplished. And that's, that's going to be one of those iconic shots down the road that people are just going to reference and put in all their fan videos and stuff. And I, I absolutely loved it. I loved Cap with Thor's hammer at number four. We've broken that down. The, one of the things that's not on everybody's list that I really just loved was Tony and Cap's discussion at the beginning of the movie. I still stand by that's the best acted scene by Robert Downey Jr. I don't know if he lost weight, but man, did he look like he was like just horrible. Mark, you and I talked about that last week of just how there, how he just looked abysmal and the acting was just on par. You could just tell he was not mailing it in on this one. He was giving everything he had. Um, number two is that Avengers assemble scene. That's going to be iconic. Um, behind the original six, I think, um, with the portals opening up and all that stuff. And, and I mean, for me, it's it's Cap and Peggy's dance at the end. I could not have thought of a better way to end this entire series. And Jared, I'm with you. I don't get the hate for Cap going back in time. I just don't get it. I, I don't. It almost feels like people want their fan fiction to be what what they do. Or they want the science to like be absolutely intricately detailed perfect. And the reality is, is nobody knows how time travel works. So if Marvel wants to set their rules and be be specific on them and allow Cap to do that, they've earned the right over 11 years to do that, in my opinion. So, yeah. Any thoughts after uh, after those guys? No, I, Max, I would agree with you on the whole time travel. I know I had a little issue with it the other week or last week with, well, what do we get? Uh, like, we just we get 130 year old Captain America just dying right there. Like that's that's how Spider Man. Far from home is gonna start is just Cap <laughs> tipping over on that bench and dead, but <laughs> I hope not. But I think it leaves it open ended with the whole yeah maybe we do get old man Captain America and becomes young again and maybe through the de aging he looks different so we get a different actor or maybe we get Nomad who knows so it's all open. I ahead, I, I don't want that and I I think so there's the line that Tony Stark says which is part of the journey is the end um, and ends aren't always bad. Um, I think it's okay to give him this resolution and never touch it again. Like maybe have a cameo here and there, but never bring him back as a main character. I'm okay with that. I'm a hundred percent okay with that because I think they've built this story in such a way that this is an ending he deserved. And it's an ending like it uh, to me, it's okay that this is a finality because they've built it up so well. Um, and I know people like, I get why people are upset because they still want 
to see Chris Evans. They will still want to see a young Captain America and get, you know, more of his story. But I'm okay that they leave this as an end. Um, because again, part of the journey is the end. They're going to leave this as an end. We've talked about it last week at nauseum. If you want to hear more of our thoughts on Avengers Endgame, go check out episode three. We'd love for you to do it. Um, we're going to close the show out though, guys. Hey, Mark, uh, Mark and Jarrett, thanks for coming on today, guys. It was awesome. After a long day of work for both of you, uh, way to, way to make some time and, and cut this out, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem. I'd, hopefully our yeah. fans enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy talking to you guys. Yeah, man. It's, it's great. It's great. Hey, you can check us out on iTunes. You can check us out on Spotify. We're, uh, our RSS feeds on Podbean, and we're also on Google Music. Um, we're, we're just kind of still trying to get and transitioned into all of those uh, different um, podcast spheres. So be patient with us, but we are on iTunes. So please go subscribe. If you like our show, please go give us a rating. We'd love it. If it's a four-star rating, that's fine. If it's a one-star, maybe don't give it to us. We don't want it. No, I'm just kidding. But um, no, seriously, go give us a rating. Go talk about it. Tell your friends about us. We hope you really enjoy our show. We're going to be back next week to talk about more stuff. Uh, we hope you, you will be able to catch us. Um, and thanks for tuning into the podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Have a great one, guys. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. 